You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of White People Won't Save You. This is a podcast where we deconstruct these white saver films and recontextualize them through a black and POC lens. I am one of your hosts, Jordan Clark. And I'm the other one, Cameron Mason. Uh, and by, by the time this episode comes out, we will be on the other side of Black History Month. And, and boy, what a month. They've, uh, it was a rough one, guys. <laughs> really? Well, we made it. Well, we endure well, as we always do. As, as a recording, there's still a week or so left. So, like, let's not get ahead of ourselves well so <laughs> like it's it's not looking good guys yeah we'll see i mean me and camera shared two videos back to back with each other today that was just like this is we may have hit bottom <laughs> like for real oh, for real it, it really hurt today 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 we hurt <laughs> we shall we shall we shall uh overcome right yeah we're Once gonna try to bring is. some joy bring some joy to you today because we, we do have a great guest and a pretty fun episode for you guys uh joining us today from the geek down uh coming to us with with all kinds of nerdific stuff to to bring just in terms of where they're talking about film we're talking about movies we're talking about comics talking about manga all kinds of things uh this right. is Sh- shana from the geek down shana how you doing hey i'm good how are you guys doing good great, great. yeah i think one of the things we we definitely enjoy here is just hearing people's kind of podcast and content creation journeys just because like as people of color in this space like we are one like always competing and it feels like you know they're trying they're trying to give us that crab in the the bucket mentality of like I mean, we got to we got to push each other out the way to get to the to the top where it's more like we can all be here we like, can all we get all some deserve the space I mean, uh <laughs> but but also i mean just in terms of like the specific space that, that you guys are in you know with the geek down and and that stuff it's like pop culture is a very competitive like yes. area where people are very much so left and right you know trying to be dominant voices you know like the premier voices and uh you know there's a lot of uh <laughs> I don't know. I I look at some channels and some things, and I'm just like, damn, y'all are really. You need the clout, I guess. Like we just we're gonna do whatever we're doing today. But uh, what, so, so clearly, you've heard this show and can tell we are not searching for it at all. No, I mean, I feel like, well, because I feel like I feel like the thing about certain people. One, uh, if <laughs> our our friend Rod of the uh, Black Eye Tips podcast has been doing a, a wonderful, beautiful uh black history month coon countdown definitely shout out the- shout out rod <laughs> this is great i watched them all in succession today at work it's amazing and i'll shout out all, all the coons one of whom is in the movie we're about to discuss uh, <laughs> um, like, which dude is it <laughs> surprise surprise <laughs> but it but it is like you'll you'll see people who are very much so eager to step out and uh, do do a little tap dance, do a little soft shoe, uh, just to get a little attention over on their side. I mean, there's a couple of them. I mean, we'll, we'll talk, we could talk about Emmanuel Acho at some point if we want to, but 
you know, we, as as a person of color covering pop culture, which is you know a space where, like I said, there's there's a lot of different takes, hot takes, uh, specifically like, what's your approach to it, and and what do you feel like you guys bring that maybe isn't necessarily like different, you know, in the way of like we're we're different from the others but you know more so in a way that's like unique and your own perspective I mean largely we've always been I guess just ourselves and we're just like the hardest core of nerd that you can be like we are like going to conventions reading comics I am hugely I'm a huge weeb um (laughs) yeah like and we most of us are from Boston, a couple of us now, because we've had like a whole like revolving cast over the years. I'm not even the original co-host. I'm second. <laughs> <laughs> but literally the um the creator of the show was like, you know, you're a reliable Shay. So can you hey. just take over? And I'm like, sure. Hey. I'll be there. Nice. <laughs> but yeah, no, we were just pretty we we're just all just pretty chill and we have a good time with each other. And I think that's all nice. there really is to it. There's not there's no there's no like dark secrets on our show. We're just <laughs> um we're just like very like keyed into like the geeky and weird culture in our city and we just try to talk about it and share it with people. For sure. Well, we, we gotta talk a little bit about this. I mean, obviously, again, as a recording, the movie is not out yet. But Jonathan Majors getting ready to make his debut. Well, not his, his second appearance. If you talk to him, he's being real obtuse about it because he's like, <laughs> well, technically, I was just playing the one who remains in Loki. So it wasn't Kang. <laughs> Kang is debuting. And it's like, all right, I, calm down. I, but <laughs> I also think that's part of his personality. Like, yeah. he's, a, he's a weird dude. I, I like <laughs> that he's a weird dude, but... I think that's part of the part of the game yeah. a little bit. Yeah, no. Like I yeah. I, I I I was really bummed actually when they um canceled Lovecraft Country because I, I was really yeah. enjoying him yeah. in, um I was like oh because again I don't get that much media that one is that hardcore into its subject matter, but with a black protagonist in a maybe realm that normally black people don't go in yep. and like yeah. lovecraft is, was famously very racist even for his oh, time yeah. he was racist. like people like mm-hmm. trying to make it sound like oh well you know he, he it was that it was just no people in his time were like dude you're, you're a little extreme you, you named your dog down. Uh, <laughs> maybe we should have a talk <laughs> like i mean he was he was literally afraid of everything that wasn't his a, what home in Maine um he didn't like the city he didn't like immigrants he didn't like um not any non-anglo-saxon people in general you had to have good breeding he came from old money and his tutor said he didn't have the constitution for math which I always find yeah. hilarious <laughs> didn't have the constitution for math that's what his hmm. tutor said and he thought he could publish science fiction yeah. I mean, well, he was just like, I'm going I'm to make up my own world where math don't exist. So, well, I'm, that's I'm why that. he doesn't understand um, non um, Euclidean um, um, architect- yeah, in yeah. architecture. He doesn't understand, he didn't understand it because he thought it was spooky. And I'm like, you do realize everything on Earth is that because we <laughs> live on a sphere. 
not to him. No, no, no not, no. <laughs> not as far as he's concerned. Like, no, he did not understand. Um, he did not understand high level math. Definitely not. Not even like yes. mid level math. No. Well, I think you know, for for Jonathan Majors, like being the the new big bad of this phase of the Marvel universe, like what what are your guys kind of maybe not predictions, but like I guess just hopes, right? Like just like what is he going to bring that? Well, Jonathan Majors is a really good actor, and I don't know yes. what exactly they have written for him as once you get beyond the um, Ant-Man film, but Mm -hmm. I would hope that they have like a compelling storyline, that they make him deeply menacing because Kane is a scary character in the comic books. Mm -hmm. So like, I hope he brings his nice, nice, his own little funky twang to it. And hopefully, hopefully the next phase is not even that I think this past phase wasn't good. I just wanted people to complain less about it. Oh, that's it's only going to get worse. Yeah, I think that's uh, your hopes and dreams may be dashed soon. Yeah, I I think I've come to this point where I realize maybe, maybe the bar was set for people a little high. And so they're they're always expecting it to go above that bar every time. And I'm like, dude, there's nothing wrong with most of these movies. But I've listened to so many pedantic whining about them in the last couple of years. And I'm just like, I'm really tired. Can we just like movies again? Can they be fun? Can we enjoy them? Tell me about it. I'm a, I'm a Star Wars fan, so I'm oh, I'm screwed. I, didn't, screwed. I <laughs> didn't hate Rise of Skywalker, so no Star Wars fans are on my side right now. Yeah, sadly, we we have much to discuss then. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think I, mean, I think Jonathan Majors will be a good um, addition. I think definitely um, some funky flavor, as yeah. opposed to like the casting that it's been for the past couple couple movies oh, i feel like it's gonna be so much complaining because i realized something i thought about it and i thought about like the new generation of the new avengers that they're right. trying to build right and i'm like oh my god there's so many pocs and young women and oh it's gonna the the discourse is gonna be brutal it's gonna be brutal yeah and it, it always is there is something about the leads not being straight white men that makes them people way more harder on these characters in these films than necessary yeah oh yeah. I mean, they're all going to be ready to lose their minds um i'll be interested to see because i think you know now looking at what the upcoming slate is jonathan majors and florence p are probably the two best actors currently like in that marvel universe you know yes. a lot of the newer yeah, people that. are just younger maybe not i mean definitely less experienced just because the, yeah. these are like some of their bigger first roles um yeah sadly spoiler alert uh our, our queen our queen ramonda is no more yeah <sighs> i love that she yelled at ryan coogler was like you'll rule the day until he was like <laughs> no understand he's like i don't want to kill you but like it, it's important it means something and she's yeah. like oh, fine <laughs> we go over here and win an oscar for it then <laughs> that, yo i will write in the street if they nominate her she don't win because honestly, I think, I think it's got a, she's got a good chance of it happening. I think, if, like, look, she should have won an Oscar years ago. If, she, yeah, look, I maintain she should have got the Oscar for what's love got to do with it. Mm-hmm. I, I maintain she should have got one then, just like I maintain Spike Lee should have got the Oscar for Malcolm X. Like, yep, yep. 
these were all things that should have happened years ago, which is annoying because I also know Michelle Yao was most likely also going to get nominated this year, and she also deserves it. So it's like, yeah, she couldn't. Help. How yeah. the heck she could get all the way to sixty-two with no nomination? Awful, awful, crouching tiger, hidden dragon alone. How does she not? <laughs> Like I don't, I don't even understand that. She is a brilliant actress. She is a brilliant actress. I, I I'm like, I'm sick. Whatever. Anyway. <laughs> oh, in the in the words of Malcolm X, this is what they do, right? I know, this right? Is <laughs> how they do it. But <laughs> <laughs> um, I just I can't. But we digress. Yeah, we'll see. Shout out to Jonathan Majors. He's he's got to have a big year between yeah. Creed, Let's... between uh, Magazine Dreams, between. Kang and all the stuff that's yeah. coming up so you know we'll, we'll see maybe he'll be up for some awards next year as well um uh, is it bad that i also just kind of get really excited when i see a very viscerally black looking black man get like shine and get treated like he's attractive because i'm like i think he's attractive but you know mm-hmm. it's like I, I think i'm not <laughs> i'm not talking about just smooth looking michael b jordan i'm talking about like, like <laughs> this really black man and yes this- He's getting his shine. <laughs> this is like this is like how they say about you know you know we gotta we do have to work twice as hard you know to get noticed for anything. But this guy is like twice as attractive as the average human man woman. <laughs> I don't give a damn. Like <laughs> this guy is just walking around like yeah I'm, I look like this regularly. Yeah. I'm See, not we just, sorry. <laughs> we, we just got to be careful because based off the Sundance out for the you know like we don't want him to get into maybe not even Andre 3000 territory because oh, yeah. he, you know Andre, Andre can pull it off like sometimes you're just like I, I don't know what's the weird. happening but the it weird. looks good on you I could not I mean, wear that wow. but oh. you know, like, <laughs> That's you know we'll see. I mean similar I mean it's like how they did Lakeith in Atlanta where they're just like we're just gonna throw the most for, oh you still look fly okay all right. I know. Like another dude who's just unnecessarily good looking also just really good actor I need to see him yeah. in more stuff We'll see. I mean, he's got he's got projects coming out, so we'll we'll keep an eye on him as well. Um, sure. Well, we got to get into this week's movie. And uh, Shay, tell us a little bit about the movie that you chose and and the reason behind. Ah, okay. It. So Renaissance Man. I, I went down the whole list and I was like, oh, I know that movie because as a kid, I had basic cable and this movie came on so many times. Mm. <laughs> um, um, it was one of those movies like when the premium channels would have their like oh, here's a free weekend of us. Yeah. So yeah, they played this movie so many freaking times. I like just within the like, just my like childhood area, I've probably seen this movie at least 30 times. And I don't know why it was just on a lot. <laughs> <laughs> the best way I can ever describe it is like, well, think Dead Poet Society on an army base and kind of funny. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a weird film. Because you know, just getting into the specifics, nineteen ninety four, right? Directed by Penny Marshall, who I, I do like. I do like her as a director. She had done League of Their Own before this. Mm-hmm. She had done uh, Big before yeah, this. Big. Directly after this, she does The Preacher's Wife. The Preacher's Wife. You know what I mean? Like bang, 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 bang. She's got hits, and then she's got this, which is just like a weird movie. It stars Danny DeVito. It's got Gregory Hines. Uh, the one and only Raiden, James Ramar. Uh, it's got 
a, a very interesting cast. Uh, I the second he came on screen, I was like, Raiden. Raiden. <laughs> that's, that's just all I remember him for. I, I know he's in so many things, but just like that, always oh, just maybe be the wig. I mean, that he's got in that movie where I'm just this, like, this movie what? had an interesting collection of who's who young actors from the '90s. Oh, let's talk about that. Went on to oh yes, we can run the list. We can run the list. It's got uh, Lila Bracato. It's got (laughs) Stacey Dash. It's got Kadeem Hardison. Mm -hmm. It's got Richard T. Jones. It's got Khalil Kane. And then it's got the one and only Mark Wahlberg. Uh, Oh yes, Marky in his Marky Markiest. And no funky bunch. His film debut. (laughs) This he's coming straight off of all that funky bunch nonsense, and now he's you know trying to transition into like some kind of because you know it's like this movie has a weird hybrid of drama and comedy comedy it's it's a whip it's a whiplash in a lot of instances because it's like a lot of just hackneyed like here are the jokes you know and then like a lot of like and now you cry right moments where like the music swells and like no. They trying though. She, she's try. really trying. Not not for lack of trying. No, and, and yeah. that's the thing. Penny Marshall is a very competent director. So like it's not that doing the, that. <laughs> yeah, and it's not that the movie is bad. Because as no. a kid, I remember liking it. As an adult, I looked at it and went, some of this is weird. <laughs> and I guess that's just a difference in who I am and what I know. Though I do find it hilarious that this movie just straight out says, yeah, no, um, public school doesn't even try with like the bottom 10% hoping that they join the military. Yeah, they they really, I mean, we'll, we'll get into it more specifically in a little bit, yeah. but like they don't even really talk about like the military, you know, like the military is just a net good that people are involved <laughs> I in. I mean, and, the like, military really, like... pays a lot of money <laughs> to Hollywood every year to make sure that they don't yeah. have just the worst depictions of themselves that part what well there i mean we all know that the defense part of the defense budget is going straight to marvel studios we all know that that's happening we know that's happening do you, oh, but down Sorry, you, really unlock, you unlocked my conspiracy theory. You unlocked my third eye. You want to know a real? Do you know of a really funny time where that backfired on them? Let's do it. Let's do it. Was did it, you know the Navy? The Captain Marvel? Did you know the Navy paid for the Village People's music video in the Navy? Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's they knew what the Village People were about, or they just no, no. just thought. This song is like no. okay. Oh, this song is hot. This song is hot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, they paid you, for that. Do you want to take a look at the artist? Do you want to like take a look at the picture? No, 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 no. Just pay uh, pay the money and uh, hit song. I mean, why gotta look at the people? Yeah, yeah they're no, from the village because they, they, they were great. trying to they were trying to get good PR, you know, and also help quell some of those rumors about you know homosexual activity in the navy. Yeah. <sighs> they're like, oh, the village people of. Sex over the phone, fam. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Still one of the craziest oh, songs man. I've ever. Oh <laughs> man! Yeah, um, you can enjoy your fellow man. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk about Renaissance <laughs> Man, Cameron. It's it's your turn to do the five minutes. Let's um, go. 
<laughs> no, I'm sorry. I think, I'm sorry I think to get he can do it. it. Um, but it's yeah. It like we talked about before. There's a lot of just unnecessary. Like what? Like why? Now this is there's certain moments in this movie where I was like, is this a plot point now? Like I should pay attention to this? No. Yes. The movie no. may <laughs> or may not remind you. Later. <laughs> so. Yeah, good good luck just kind of uh navigating a lot of this just randomness, but here we go. Uh let me know when you're ready and I'll start the timer. All right. Uh, put on my thinking cap. I just watched the last act like maybe an hour ago, oh. so All right, it's fresh. We're good. All right. I'll cut you down. 3 2 1. Go. All right, so my man Danny DeVito playing uh Bill Rago, uh who is an advertising exec in Detroit, if they got like a huge, yeah. you know, advertising sector out there, I guess. Your man's it was the nineties, yeah, yeah. And your man's got a big contract coming up, so he's he's headed to work that morning, and he gets caught, boom, in traffic. Uh, he's caught in traffic, and he's trying to do his best to uh, relay the big account over the phone. Doesn't go that well. Goes so badly that he's let go after being there for many years, it seems, right? Um, So he gets let go. Instantly, he's he's in the unemployment line with our our good sis, Jennifer Lewis, uh, (laughs) giving, (laughs) giving him the business. Um, he's been in the uh, unemployment line for quite a while. And uh, after, you know, taking his daughter to a baseball game to find out that she wants to be an astronomer and she's got a big Mexico trip coming up and he can't pay for it now because he's lost his job. Uh, he's hitting the, he's pounding the pavement and he finally, Jennifer Lewis decides to stop being <laughs> a little bit of a jerk to him and sets him up with a teaching job. And he's got a master's, but he doesn't think he's a teacher. So, uh he's set up with a job at an army base fort Mm -hmm. mclean yep uh and that is where he meets uh well we got our boy james remar we we got raiden over here uh captain tom murdoch (laughs) who basically lays out that he's to teach a group of ragtag students who were kind of left by the wayside by their various high schools um and, t- and teach them in what, it, what doesn't seem very clear. Let's, be, let's, no, let's, let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> they say they teach them to comprehend. Yeah. Essentially, what reading, they say. There's, I have to assume they mean reading comprehension because I'm like, I have no idea what else you could possibly mean when it comes to like education and literacy. So I'm going to assume reading comprehension, how to read something and understand it fully. But right. they didn't give him a syllabus. They just said, help these, help these kids people comprehend. comprehend. And that's it. Right. The only examples they give is like, they can't speak orders sometimes, but that that's it. And that is the premise, by the way, of the fucking that, movie. That's the whole movie. <laughs> that's all they gave you is that they need to comprehend. Yeah. So I guess we're back at it. So they need to comprehend. So they're told they need to comprehend. So they take this class. And Bill Rago, he's like, I don't know what to teach these kids. And these kids are like, I don't know what to learn. So I don't know what to do with you. Uh, so he tells them to write an essay on the first, on the first class. He's barely, he's barely giving it the work, you know, and a couple classes go by and, you know, we meet the privates, the, the, these kids, uh, we got Donnie Benitez from the Bronx. We got 
young Stacy Dash, what Miranda, right? Her name was. Yes. Uh, we got Jamal Montgomery, played by Kadeem Hardison. We got Richard T. Jones, out of all people, <laughs> in this movie. That's cool that he's there. Uh, as the corporal, he is the leader of the, the platoon. Uh, Jackson. We got Khalil Kane, who was like coming up at this time as uh, Private Roosevelt Hobbs. And uh, and then we got uh, Brian, uh, Private Brian Davis Jr., who the other kids tease about his father being in the army earlier uh, and that he joined, since he uh, is also his namesake, he also joined the army in honor of him. Uh, but the other kids tease him because he his father died in service but they don't know why mm -hmm. and the fact that he died in service i guess makes brian a punk which is kind of lame but you know it's i guess yeah, they gotta tease him yeah, and <laughs> and then we also have private melvin melvin because this is a comedy movie and uh he's sleeping in class a lot he's like the country bumpkin a little bit and then we got marky mark as tommy lee haywood who's the actual country bumpkin but which? i don't know how that makes sense yeah I love, the, don't you love his country accent? It yep. comes and it goes when he wants it to. So I guess that's the true acting there. You tried to come for him, I yeah. see. But that's my boy, Marky Mark. You can't come for him. No. It's okay. <laughs> he, he, he's pretty rough in this movie. <laughs> it's his first go, We're going right? to come for him. First go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and that's pretty much like the cast of the movie. That's who we're dealing with. Um, and so yeah he's teaching these kids to comprehend it's not going so well and one class i just i guess he yeah that was not happening i literally just set up the movie too which is not i'm not lay, i'm not laying it up though here we go here we go you're fine we're, we're coming down the mile drive let's go all right so he's teaching these kids he doesn't know what to teach them and one day i guess he put hamlet in his in his uh, knapsack and his business bag and he, he randomly quoted it to one of the kids during the class. And they were like, hey, what is that? Mr. Rago, what you talking about, buddy? And he finally goes, yeah. which which one is that? Or is that your Kadeem Hardison? Or is that yeah, my your, buddy boy? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> my, oh, my guy, like this guy had like eight nicknames for him over the course of this movie. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, he quoted Hamlet at him. And he's like, no, tell us more. The class is like, tell us more. So basically the class becomes teach Hamlet to seven kids to eight kids sure I guess which also again is the premise of the movie yeah he just he is just having classes with them that he's just like asking them to read Hamlet he's asking them to think things about how the story is being told the different characters and they're comprehending you know it's working they're interested and they get excited about you know reading and they get excited about Shakespeare and they get about excited about uh I guess like the roles we play in life it's, it seems yeah but who's Cameron who's not a fan of that uh who's not a fan of that but your, your boy Gregory Hines sergeant first class Cass, I don't know what his first name is, but he's Sergeant Cass. Uh, and Gregory Hines, great actor. What's he doing in this bit role? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. That's not part of the five minutes, but that's getting the check. He's getting the yeah. check. And actually, they did give him like one little shot, one scene of him like actually hoofing, you know, 
getting that footwork in, which he is no, most famous for. I was like, they they could not. He he was like, look, Penny, I know we're almost done, but like, can I just get like a just, like just a little? Bit? Give me five, <laughs> three minutes, two minutes tops. I'm gonna give you what you give. I'm gonna give the people what they want. <laughs> okay so he's basically teaching these kids hamlet and that's what's happening over the course of the movie we're also seeing bill rago like not you know adjusting well to life on the base uh he's got these early morning wake-ups he's not doing so well but over the course of it he doesn't know how to navigate either but over the course of the movie uh he's surefire understanding like how to navigate the base he's he's pick it up the lingo he's doing well um so as class goes on uh we also notice it, it, this is also a lot of the plot happens in the last 30 minutes of the, like I all mean, the plot you can really the just watch the last 30, 30 minutes, minutes of the movie <laughs> and you'll get a full yeah. movie you might even get a full sitcom's worth of like content in that 30 minutes it's wild what they do all right so literally i just set you up with the first hour now here's the last half hour so suddenly we find out that uh, Hobbes is a really good student in this class. He's picking up this Shakespeare stuff really quick. Um, but <laughs> Rago is like, hey, you know what? I'm going to recommend you for some advanced classes. I'm going to recommend you. We're going to figure this out for you. We're going we're gonna to transfer you to somewhere where you can be applicable. Okay. So in doing that, he finds out that Roosevelt might not be his actual first name. And it's Nathaniel. And, mm. and, 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 oops, he sold crack. Um, which is oh, this. Cameron, can I, can I, can I get a drop in here? He was. <laughs> it's the movie's one huge fault, in my opinion. Like, I mean, this movie has a ton of random faults, like just laid like landmines. But uh, this is so dumb and random. <laughs> this kid was a good student. You know, he's making eyes at Miranda. They're like flirting. People are having fun in the class. And then all of a sudden, oops, you sold crack before you got to the army. Yep. And now you sold crack before you got to the army. And now we have to play this Marky Mark song. <laughs> I know. Yo. <laughs> I was like, why you gotta do him like that? It's the wrong needle drop, bruh. Uh, but <laughs> he goes to jail. He is gone. He is in jail, in jail. Uh, so, you know, he goes to jail. The class is a little sad. We get we get one tear out of Stacy Dash, and then yeah. it's back to Shakespeare. We gotta we gotta learn this stuff, guys. So they're they're learn. But uh, while they're learning this stuff, he also gets the great idea to take them to go see a production of not Hamlet, but Henry V. I guess that is touring nearby, <laughs> and they go to see nearby in Canada. Cameron. They go to Canada. <laughs> like, like they cross a river. Like come on, <laughs> across the borders. To go see a a touring company, any touring company of Shakespeare, literally like, the world's most this, prolific. Where's this uh, base? <laughs> He's literally being performed everywhere at all times. But every major city, I'm sure, has a Shakespeare. <laughs> has a Shakespeare. So why are we going? That. Like, because aren't they in like Detroit? Like, yeah, a major like, city. <laughs> well, I assume the base isn't in Detroit, but you're at the very least you're in Michigan, right? So, so like I'm saying, 45 I minutes to an Detroit. Hour to the city. How yeah. close to the border are you that you're just hop skipping over to Canada? To Less see? than 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I want to know. I'm like, I didn't know you could drive to Canada that quickly from there. That's all I'm saying. Well, Renaissance man yeah. made sure that you knew. <laughs> it was a day. It was a day. It's a day trip. It went in the morning. 
and they come back. At they night. didn't even so ride in a van whole... with seatbelts. They rode in a oh, moving okay. van. It was the nineties. Just loose. Just loose, Just loose in the back. <laughs> <laughs> so they go to see Harry V, and they're all inspired. They're, Melvin Melvin's not even sleeping. He, he's, he was awake for the whole thing. Uh, yeah. They go back. They're excited with this new newfound love, love of Shakespeare. So they finally go back. It's, it, things are going well. They get a letter <laughs> from, from J.L. from Hobbs. He's talking about, yo, I'm the first guy to check out Shakespeare from the library in like 15 years here in the jail. Rago, you're doing right by these kids. <laughs> yeah. I kind of doubt uh, that. And then uh, Rago takes it upon himself to also do the due diligence of Brian Davis's family and look up what Brian Davis Sr. had actually done yeah. in the army uh, to die. They found. And uh, so... He goes and finds that information, but in that office, he meets Marie, uh, who is a, I don't know what uh, her ranking is. Uh, she was like a yeah. service sergeant. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh, and uh, they meet, and it's cute. <laughs> and they decide to go through a Burger King on a date after he gets the information necessary from uh marie's assistant who is pregnant and managed to sneak out the uh the information on the low low yeah isn't she get... also one of the um dude when the soldier's like girlfriend like she yeah. is isn't she cass's she's she, she's white no jackson. um jackson De- oh, oh Leroy jackson Catherine. the corporal in the yeah. class yeah oh that's why he's like, I need the army because I got a baby. And my baby is also like in the army. <laughs> but he's never going to play football. <laughs> Not with that attitude, he won't. Um, so it all comes down to uh, the big climax is a private uh, a uh, training that's going on in the rain. Rago is driving this information over to the the training in the rain and they're in the mud. They're all muddy on their hands and feet, trying to, you know, do, uh, just training in the mud, I guess. And uh, Cass is taking it upon himself to uh, see what this Shakespeare class is really all about. And he starts picking people from the crowd, and he picks Benitez, and Benitez happens to have the entire <laughs> King, the King Henry V's St. Crispin's Day speech. Right. Not Hamlet, by the way. But... Uh, <laughs> But uh, no. Henry V, which he bought at the play, uh, he's got the entire St. Christmas Day speech. Uh, we few, we happy few, just up there in his head. And he drops it like that on Cass. And Cass is brought to tears, I guess. And the entire. He's got one tear. In he's got one tear in the rain, but it might not have been him. You know, who knows? It might have been rain. Yeah. But the entire platoon, you know, stands up in class for him, applauds him. And then Rago hands Cass. Uh, the private documents and Cass is like, all right, I gotta do what I gotta do. And, <laughs> and to be to be clear too, before before the scene, the most absurd plot point in the entire film gets dropped, where they're like, oh, hey, Rego, what? There's a test. You don't need to give them a test because if they fail the test, oh, which the army takes very yes. seriously, then they're out of the army. <laughs> Like if they fail this test, they 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 are done as soldiers. Honestly, I don't believe and that. So either. He, <laughs> he tells them that, 
And they're all like, oh, oh man. What? And he's like, yeah, so technically you don't even have to take this test. In order to pass the class. If you don't class. want to. Yeah. So that's also. But then what happens, it, but it's, it, like Like you said, literally all of these plot points are, you know, showed up and are delivered upon <laughs> in 30 minutes time. Okay, so. Uh, tight 30 minutes. The, it's, a, it's a really tight 30 minutes. <laughs> So the next day is the big test and they all, you know, not reluctantly, very happily show up and they, in company fashion, take their desks and, you know, show them to, you know, Rago and Rago smiles and they take the exam, which is, is it an exam? I don't know, because it seems. Which apparently is a, it's an open, it's a group oral exam. That they all take together, oh, yeah, and it ha- and it seems like the only question on the exam was, "Who did you like in Hamlet and why?" <laughs> because there's no, they don't show the question; they just show everybody's answers. Like, I, like, I guess if you're talking about reading comprehension, that is a, a, an okay question. That I, I, and I do say okay, as in I guess it passes. But like, but they don't to see the question to see that they comprehended the question and then yes. answered it justly instead of us just seeing random answers from beginning to end it doesn't, because it doesn't matter because it the test doesn't matter. and it's like nobody is, we'll get into this in a, in a minute but like it's also like it's not like a another army instructor is in the room yeah, no one's like no monitoring, one monitoring this, this test, test. So Rago could just say anything. Everybody pass. <laughs> Everybody pass. Because it doesn't matter. Because nobody's actually like taking any real stock of this. Yep. They're just like, yeah, just by the way, if any of them fail, then you got to kick them off the army. And so he's just like, I guess they all pass. <laughs> That's okay. If they if they flunk out of the army, they can always join the police force. Yep. Blam, 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 blam. <laughs> Look, they have even lower standards. <laughs> As we are all, we've all known for years and are suddenly finding out apparently Fuck. all at the same time. I can tell Just you like this story. movie. <laughs> and in the final scene, the final scene comes and they finally, all the kids graduate. They pass that test with flying colors, apparently. Uh, and yeah. the big day comes where they graduate their PT and um, they're all in order. They're all on the grounds. The, the daughter who by the way, Bill bought the telescope and the tickets to Mexico for. She's going to Mexico. She's going to be an astronomer. That's great. Yeah. And, and by the way, it's like 28. Also, she's the um, <laughs> the Colombian crime boss from Snowfall too. So like, you know, oh, yeah. oh, and that was like a Jewish than... woman, by the way. So um, yeah, I don't know what's going on. We all know what's going on. Hollywood. It don't make no damn sense. Does it matter? No, it doesn't. We fall, we're all finding out. Uh, so <laughs> either way uh, Ray and Rago shows the daughter you know that's Marie over there that's my new girlfriend oh th- th- that's uh, Miranda that was the girl in my class those are the boys in my class see everybody and uh, the the sergeant or um, sorry the colonel Colonel James uh, gives the final speech at the at the graduation and it's at the graduation that they reveal that what Brian James's father died in the war for. He died getting coordinates to a base during Vietnam that were necessary for an artillery attack. Boom, Brian James get Brian James Jr. gets a silver star. Blam, blam, blam. 
and uh, everybody smiles and everybody goes home. Rago doesn't teach oh. another season at, at the army base. And uh, yeah, I guess he got another job or maybe he liked it a little bit. Oh no, he, he came, he came yeah. back. He was like, I'm going to do more of this. Yeah, He's well, like, I'm doing good work here. Oh, I assume that I'm that was a joke. Time. I assumed that the Colonel's joke to him was ready for another season. And no. he's like, no, I'm out of here. No, he was like, I love it here. Oh, yeah. Give me more. He's like, I well, want, he's... he's like, I want to help find some more hidden drug dealers in the ranks. Like, it'll be great. <laughs> yeah, he's like, you're doing the work. You don't even know, but you're doing the work out here. <laughs> well, look. Let's talk about this movie because I have not only a lot of questions about what's happening here, but this, so in the context of our show, right? Yes. Like Danny DeVito is what, like the fourth teacher we've seen. We did oh, yes. uh, Dangerous Minds. Yeah. We did, um, what was the one with Hillary Swank? Oh, uh, Freedom Writers. Freedom Writers. Music of the Heart. Uh, so he's our fifth teacher because uh, we also have his own wife, Rhea Perlman, in Sunset yeah. Park. Well, she's yeah. she's a coach. I don't know if we're counting coaches. Then like she was know, a teacher before she, the coaching was the extra money for her. That yeah, that's true. Actually, yeah. So of all of these teachers we've seen so far, like he is. Oh, this is also not counting Simultaneous. the principles that have thrown children out of windows. Right. <laughs> By the way. <laughs> oh my god. That yes. Um of all of them, he is he is the most reluctant in that he like spends the the majority of the beginning protesting anything and everything that has to do with this. He doesn't want to be here. He doesn't want to teach. He doesn't want to have anything to do with these kids he gets on the phone in the middle of the night and it's like please i beg of you i'll do literally anything besides what i'm doing right now and then is also like the one the 180 is so swift and like he is so on board with these kids in a way that's like because even when he's on board he takes he goes and does like a job interview like in the middle of the yeah. movie apropos yeah. of nothing like we haven't been set up for that <laughs> like he's just suddenly is late because he was trying to get another job which also in the context of the movie i don't know why the kids were so upset because it's like you're gonna go to the right, army. You're not right. going to be here next like, like in a <laughs> month you will be gone train basic training and that's okay last. <laughs> yeah he he came here to do this you are leaving this isn't like he wasn't gonna come with hey. you to whatever base you get relocated <laughs> to gonna, so, just gonna follow you from base to base they're gonna keep you all together as a unit and he's gonna follow you from base yeah. to base until, until he has taught you the entirety of yeah. the collective works of shakespeare <laughs> this isn't Boy Meets World. He's not I Mr. Know, right? Feeney. Like, <laughs> I maintain that was weird because he went from being their like middle school teacher to their high school teacher, and then he's th and then he's at their college. I'm like, I'm sorry. He was there. Um, he was always what? there. I would. I'm like, what are your accreditations? <laughs> because I'm like, My either you are, are following you, Ben Savage to the right, ends of the earth. You were clearly overqualified for the job you had in the first couple seasons. That's all I'm saying. I would have been I would have been very concerned as a parent if 
my son's middle school teacher followed him all the way. And don't forget, yeah. he's his next door neighbor. Yes, that's okay. <laughs> Anyways, around. back to this movie. <laughs> but like, what what did you make of Danny DeVito as like this role? You know what I mean? Because like, it's the, it's almost it's the least realized of all of these <laughs> yeah. specific characters because he really is just doing. It's almost like it's it's not even high school high right yeah. where like that is literal parody yeah, like this it. is just like this, this is again like i said before it's supposed to be dead poet society but you know funny and i don't know if it's that funny because oh, yeah here's the thing i like danny devito he's a very good <laughs> actor he's a good director yeah. um but if i were to compare him to someone like robin williams robin williams is obviously a funnier person um, like Danny DeVito always had like dry, like wit in in like dry humor. That was more his. I don't know how fantastic. Very... I, I don't know how dry he is. I mean, I've seen him crawl out of a sofa, fully oiled and naked, <laughs> on It's Always Sunny yeah. in Philadelphia. You, you know what it is? Because I I grew up watching him on Taxi, um, Fair. Fair. and then seeing him in like movies. From then on, like one of the first movies I remember seeing him was like Twins with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. like, so I, so my memories of Danny DeVito are very formed from like 80s and early 90s. Yeah. Um, so that's what or I like. Throw Mama from the Train and stuff yes, like that. Which I love. Yeah. That. That's <laughs> a jam. Throw Mama from the Train is a jam. <laughs> we need to make more movies like that. Hollywood. That's what I'm saying. Even though I get it, it's just a parody of St- Strangers on the Train, but I liked it, damn it. <laughs> help us help us we want this huh. but yeah like this role though what i get the feeling is that he did exactly what the script told him to do and probably not a bit yeah. more and at the well, end of the day which makes me want to see who the script writer was who wrote this script a man who I don't think wrote a lot of other. Your man does not have a hyperlink on the Wikipedia page. No, he does not. not. (laughs) I love that he has the same name as the dude who wrote Berenstein Bears, but um, and and it's probably not even him. Like that's the worst part. It's probably a different guy. I I wonder if this is one of those. You know, there are certain um names in Hollywood that are just names when people don't want any credit. (laughs) I was like, wonder if that's. Let me give you. Let me give you my man's uh filmography renaissance man his first film second film d3 oh okay Stop we're there. there no uh, no don't go any further <laughs> he wrote something called the wonderful world of disney as just like a um like tv okay, thing. i remember the wonderful like world a, of disney like that was a tv blog 90s. yeah like when they played disney on sometimes Essentially, movies yeah, movies. Do you know what it was? It it was a retread of that on um, the TV show that built that built Walt Disney used to have back in the day when he was promoting Disney World, and so they wanted to create like a new version of it because it was hosted by Michael Eisner. Right. They used to have the thing where he like yeah. talked to the talk to you like at home. Like we here at Disney wanted to show you this. Mm-hmm. We don't do that anymore. Hollywood, come back to talk to us. <laughs> We love you. Yeah. No, well, um, Daddy Daddy Bob Iger is not going to do... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He don't want to talk to nobody. Yeah. <laughs> well, his, his last movie that he wrote was in 2013. 
It's called Love and Honor, and it stars the other. Oh, well, that's not oh. good. Uh, cool. So, yeah, I only that's, like that's the, the one man we're dealing with here. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not the one you like. <laughs> I, 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 I kind of like the one no one knows. The, but there's also yeah, there's the one that no one knows hanging out. It's not that one either. Exactly. Yeah, nobody oh, likes no, him. No, this is nobody Liam. likes him. This is and a... now he has a huge <laughs> no. Now he has a diss song. So now we're just just laughing at him. Well, it's weird because like Danny DeVito by this point is like movie star, right? Yeah. Like legit, like in there. So he was the Penguin from... like two years before this. Yeah, here's a quote from Danny DeVito. Uh, just he did this interview with the Oklahoman of all places, uh, and he said. He did this movie specifically because Penny Marshall asked him to. That sounds like, like that sounds about right. She Fair. she had the script. She was like, "I'm making this movie. I'll make it if you make it." You know, basically was the was the ask. And then he says, "If I'd gotten that script with another person, I don't think I'd be sitting here right now doing this interview." So Ooh. I think that's a tell that I know this script is not good. But also, my friend Penny Marshall said she'd give me five million dollars. <laughs> I would also have came to work. <laughs> five million in the nineties? Oh yeah, no, ninety-four, five million? No, I would have came to work too. And I know that they were friends, so it's like every once in a while you're gonna see that like a random role where it was just a friend doing a favor. Yep. I wonder if she sure. was under contract to do another movie for this studio specifically. <laughs> I don't know. Well, because again, the next movie she does is the preacher's wife. Right. And so it's like She's but that's not, a banger, though. That's what I'm saying. It was everybody gets one, you know. I mean, I'm not judging Penny Marshall in the sense of like, you know, oh my god, I can't believe you did this movie, but more so just like, why did you do this movie? Like, it's a very curious, you know. I've yeah. tried to get to the bottom of it, and a lot of her responses are, you know, I I felt very passionate about the state of education in this country, and like this was a movie like promoting. Think- but it doesn't really say I, that much about the state I of it. Like, there's like one moment where we talk about it. And if this movie had been about that, and that was like a through line the whole way, then it would be up there where every other like white teacher comes to save the inner city um, kid movie. Like, because yeah. there's a lot of those. Well, in this movie, Danny DeVito expressly does not save one of his kids yeah. because he gets he upset sent to jail. He has snitches. When he I'm... got sent to jail for crack of all things. It's <laughs> so funny. They say it too. Like, Is it the 80s? Like, Dang, I thought crack. it was the 90s. <laughs> but they, they, it, it's, it's such like uh, he sold crack. Now he go to jail. And it's right. one <laughs> equals one plus one equals two. He in jail. It's and we swept it under the rug, and it's gone. <laughs> I was under the impression we were never going to see him again because, like, the amount of time that goes by before anybody even says his name again, right. I was like, "Wait, what?" Like, and he I, is. <laughs> M- it, Miranda cried. He wrote the letter, and like, uh, we he never heard about him again. Yep. I'm like, the why ones- you gotta, why you gotta take the one hot boy out? Why you gotta do that to me? I can't. I got no, no eye candy for the rest of there's the There's no, there's no light skin eye candy in here for me to stare at anymore. What, also, what am I like, supposed to look at, Marky Mark? <laughs> what am I supposed to do with that? It's wild though because it's like a- anything else, right? Like yeah. 
oh, you know what? Like the the requirement to be in the army is like eighteen years old, and he's yeah. seventeen because you know he was trying to sneak away from home or something and like just wanted to get out so he joined the army under he he falsified his records and he's like you know a couple months too young to be in the army so we got to send him home or like something else but like crack I even, cocaine uh, i would have even accepted like scammer or something like that also I who, who hides in the army why why is that I, a better that's, choice that's, i've heard i've heard that that's I've heard that. In the 90s, though? I feel like that's, like, in the 90s, that's the one place you go to hide. Uh, I feel like that was, like, a thing, like, maybe, like, in the 50s or 60s. Like, I feel like... Yeah, you get, like, a new identity. But I'm like, whatever. Um, yeah, I guess not good enough that they just... and and You didn't do enough work. <laughs> well, because the thing about this this movie in specific is, like, there are no specifics and so a lot of things just happen are <laughs> and like when you think about it because it's like all right sure you can join the army i guess under mm-hmm. false pretenses but like even know. back then it was like you got to give them a social security number like you got to get like you just can't say hey i'd like to enlist and they're like cool Come on right. in. You know, I mean, like... I don't know. Is there is there a war happening? Because if there's a war happening, I feel like they yeah, if there's a war on. It might be different. I mean, there was. I mean, I guess the Gulf like, War. Yeah, deserts, that's like... yeah. No, Gulf, that Gulf technically war. was over at that. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I can't yeah. think of there like 1994. There isn't really anything. And, and did Kosovo happen yet? Um... <laughs> wow, we are all just aging the crap yeah. out of ourselves. Like... <laughs> I, it's okay. okay. Just like fully remembering it too, just like oh, yeah, 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 I remember that. Whatever. But I even, used, yeah. No. Oh well, I was just gonna say, even the premise though is like Danny DeVito gets hired to teach comprehension. Oh, yes. right. But also, like the army doesn't have any standards syllabus like Which, direct yes. to like, hey, is this is this is specifically what we'd like to teach them so that they can be better soldiers because even i've got something for the reimagining but like even for the general idea of like hey we'd like you to do x y and z because like the army if it makes you a better soldier they don't give a shit yeah no they what it is whatever it is whatever weird outside the box that if you can justify it with this is going to enhance their ability to take orders and like do what they got to do on the battlefield f- fuck it like video games right sure like whatever right. like you know what i mean like let's right. get in there and do whatever it is the fact that they were just like i don't know like vibes like what do you what do you feel right. like doing today you know what i mean like he went he went in to two classes and it was just like you got something to read like uh yeah, what are we gonna do <laughs> actually speaking of archie what's up how, when was this movie originally written because he's got the kids the screenwriter's got the kids reading archie that one homeless guy in the second in like the unemployment line says like you got two bits two bits <laughs> yeah, isn't there like an old like r&b group like singing around a trash can in front of the unemployment sure office yeah. like when was this written the depression like <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. You got two bits, man. Like, I'm like, is that even? That's not even a kind of currency we use. But okay. We yeah. 
literally the last person who said two bits died in 1963 like Sorry. look i mean i'm i'm sure uh montgomery was taking bits for the crack that he was dealing in the neighborhood like he's probably <laughs> oh, i'm sorry two bits is 25 cents i two wait two bits is 25 cents, 25 cents. i mean how do you divide like 25 cents because a bit reverse refers to an eighth of a U.S. dollar, which is twelve and a half cents. Get yeah. out! <laughs> Leave. Montgomery probably did have an eighth though, so that <laughs> <laughs> does work. <laughs> nice, nice tie, nice tie. Which, which leads you. me Thank to you. remember: only the drug dealer in the neighborhood knows um, metrics. Yeah, right. You know, yeah, so I'm... that's why he was so good at it's good whatever. <laughs> I'll tell you how much that weighs. Um, I'll tell you how much that weighs right now. Put it in my head. But yeah, I mean, all the all the weird, flawed premise stuff about this movie, like, you just have to turn your brain off because, like, it's just... I mean, even that last bit, right, where they're like, oh, by the way, we're going to tell you, I don't know, maybe with, like, a week left that if you give them a test, they all have to, like, right. quit the army forever and, like, kidnap... And it's just, like... One, as far as stakes in a movie go, huh? Right. Also, <laughs> you brought that up with like 20 minutes of the movie left bank. Um, we were chilling. <laughs> and now we're getting kicked out of the whole ass army. If I don't take the test. I, I don't, I don't believe don't the army the is letting go of any bodies like that. I'm sorry. I just, I have a yeah. hard time believing that the army is like, oh no, we're just gonna perfectly physically fit soldiers. Just because they're a little dumb, yeah, they're not sending them nowhere. But okay, I, I, I got a feeling that it's very shoehorned because the way he explains it, right? The way he says, "Hey, if they take that test and fail, they are out of the army," and 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 Rago is just sitting there like, "How do I? That doesn't make sense to me, sir." <laughs> and he's like, "No, sit down. I will explain it to you." We if take they... tests very seriously. Like, yes, seriously we here. take tests so seriously no. in the army. No, it needs to be tests. monitored. No, you take test rules and regulations so seriously that there is no standard for this class that you demanded they take. <laughs> and, to... <laughs> and and one of them apparently was dealing crack. Apparently, after after know. hours, like, and you didn't you know. know. <laughs> That's on y'all. That's before I even got here. I didn't even mean to snitch on him. <laughs> Right. That's on. That's totally, on me. I'll live with that. But he totally you totally snitch on this man, this young man. Like, how about this? He ruined that boy's life. You know why? Yeah. Because he's gonna have. He's going to be an ex-con now for the rest of his life. He can do all the extra classes he wants, but he is a young black man who is now an ex-con before he is twenty-five years old. And he so, can't even get back into the army. Nope. So. That's why that old white corporal dude was shaking his hand. He was like, "I'll see you back here next semester." <laughs> <laughs> give me five give me two bits <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's like so so much of that i think we're supposed to always be rooting for danny devito in a way that's like yeah, yeah you you tell him you know like you're disrupting you know all of this stuff but like even though gregory hines character is absurd in the sense of like <laughs> Existing, you mean? Existed, but just like the way that he's not in the movie for the first hour, to the point where I was like, yeah. Gregory Hines was second build 
in the credits. Like I thought he was going to be the second most famous person in the movie. Or right, and at at that time he was like, wasn't he like just coming off the heels of just like a ton of stuff? Yeah. And then, like, we don't see, we see him, but we don't, like, they don't interact, Danny DeVito and Gregory Hines, for, like, at least an hour. And then their first interaction is Gregory Hines just runs up on him and is like, yo, that Shakespeare shit is dumb. You're wasting my kid's time. Stop. And and He really does, like, spin the block on him, though. He just, like, pulls up. He's like, hey, what I tell you? (laughs) On the one hand, it's like, this is silly, but also, like, he's kind of got a point because if his job is to make them into soldiers and nobody's monitoring this class right. that they're taking. And, of course, we get Gregory Himes eavesdropping outside. Like, he's, like, it. looking through the blind. I love it. Like, putting his ear to the window. And it's like, just walk the fuck okay. in. Like, yeah. you're Oscar nominee. <laughs> Gregory Himes. Well, you're, you're, you're a ranked officer on this base. You can just walk in. What is he going to do? Nothing. Right. He's a civilian. <laughs> that, yeah, that dude is a civilian. He is a guest, my dude. Right. Like, you are, if anything, like in. monitoring his behavior. If you yes. want, you can walk in there and make them answer questions and be like, hey, what you learned today? Like, you could do right, that. Right. You've like summarized like a black Hamlet father. <laughs> Just like a black father. Hey. <laughs> What you learn today? What you call it? Tell me right. about and don't the say nothing. Of and don't, don't you tell me nothing. <laughs> so I guess that's why Gregory Hines had to be in this movie because he, somebody had to be the black father. Somebody had to ask him, ask what you learned today. But I, I mean, if I'm him, I am like, all right, hold up. I understand that. I guess they get some downtime, even though, for my understanding, this is basic trading. So I would right. assume not a lot. No. Right, because like you got to get in and get out. Apparently, the they have thing. a whole a whole day to go to Canada, right? And like <laughs> watch up. If I'm Gregory Hines, I'm like, is this absolutely necessary? Right. That's um, honestly <laughs> why I thought they were in the the sneaky van because <laughs> they had. I figured they had to. Sneak you can't, out. like, dude. You can't sneak out of a base during basic training. That's how you get yeah. court martialed. Like. Yeah. Military exactly police that. will come find you. But I honestly, that's how I, what I assumed was going on because that's also the way this movie deals with like major plot points is like, they're doing it now. Yeah. <laughs> and we didn't explain it. We're, do, we're doing the thing that we discussed 20 minutes ago. We're doing that yeah. now, but it's already done. So like, yeah. like the, with the whole, the, the exam, yeah. they, they sat up, they were ready to take the exam. And then they just started answering a question no one heard. Right. Just, <laughs> just, you're just, you're just talking, but okay, that sounds nice. It's a little stupid. Could you imagine if you looked at that, if that looked at that multiple choice exam and it just said question one, A, 12, B, 14, C, <laughs> Lexington, Kentucky, D, Kuwait. And you're like, what? What? Oh man! What's? Where are we going here? That's right. how I felt in the last twenty minutes of this movie. Well, let's let's talk about two specific characters that I okay. have a lot of questions about. So uh, let's talk about one. Why? Stacy Dash? Why? Uh, <laughs> the obligatory because... female character. Who is also it, like apparently the blackest person on on the base? It's such a weird. So like, I know. 
<laughs> this is, you know, one of the trends that they're trying to pick up on, but where it's just like women are in the army now. And yes. like we're gonna we're gonna let you know by highlighting this one this one the character. only woman in the class who her, her whole backstory is I guess my mom just like forgot about me one day and like drove away. Wait, wait, wait. What's, <laughs> what's the line? What's the line? The line is what's great because we get everybody's like, and what what's your story, Benitez? And what's your story, Hobbs? And what's your story, Miranda? My mom likes to drive. Right. That's it. <laughs> That's you it. Know, I, honestly, I kind of, I was kind of feeling Kadeem Harris's character when he was like, mm, sound like your mama was a prostitute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, because she gives this whole elaborate backstory. I mean, they've all got pretty terrible stories. Yes, like, Benitez is like, yeah, the bullet wasn't meant for her, but my sister <laughs> got shot while she was at the corner store and like, all this other just and then stuff looks that down like, for like two seconds and then we move yeah. on i mean did his sister die is she crippled i don't even remember if we talked about what? that you just moved melvin, on from that conversation <laughs> yeah melvin melvin's like his brother's being like abused by the new stepfather like he's being yep. beat up at home and then he just yep. gets sad for two seconds and we move on marky mark was like there is a weird dude who used to live behind my house and he was <laughs> like <laughs> he touched me <laughs> you know I've seen all I need to see of the world and now I live in this weird shack in your backyard and he was like and that's what I knew I wanted to join the army after he touched him inappropriately <laughs> but, but apparently Stacy Dash more so than Kadeem Hardison who actually went to a fake HBCU is the blackest person <laughs> on the campus <laughs> because but, when <laughs> what She's the only one calling people white boy in this movie, and but, the but inflection that, is that was <laughs> her whole career in the early '90s, though. Like she was the token black girl in everything. Mm -hmm. Like she represented <laughs> black culture in white spaces, like in Clueless all the time. And she was that person, but then we all found out. Well, then what? 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 What happened? Like, where do you think? <laughs> We lost Stacy. I don't think we ever had her. The... I don't think we had her. I think she. You think she was a double agent the whole I time? I think she played black girls the same way um Sandy Newton plays black girls. Like, mm. I don't think she ever truly believed she was one on the inside. Sandy got a rent a silent W in her name. She black at a Stacy Dash. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, her and um, what? Oh God, Zoe Saldana. Like, she also yeah. took a lot of black roles. Yeah in her life she does not identify as black but here we no, are she, she also has a silent tilde in her name that she ain't trying to talk about either so no also <laughs> she wanted to play nina simone and we were like she should not have. No. she should not have. we we all collectively said no stacy well, dash she... joined their ranks early in renaissance man yeah well stacy did the reverse because like saldana was like i'm a i'm a cake all this makeup to look like Nina Simone. Oh my and Stacy Dash was like, I'm gonna remove all trace of melanin from my body. <laughs> she's, like, she's like, bring the skin bleach. Like, Surgically like she, removed, you said? Yes. Like I mean she already had light eyes, so at least she didn't have to peel off her outer lid which you call Yo, it, so. What? Like when did I see this movie? I was like 10, 11 year old Cameron was like, he is fine. Who is this woman? Everybody was we, like we, we Dash's 
Well, that's the thing that's so weird. It's like Stacy Dash was in. She like, was. We, we. Yes, you're right. Yes, go on, Jordan. Well, because even in the sense, I mean, if you think about somebody like Megan Good, right? Like who yes. has been around for a while, like she didn't get a lot of those bigger roles. You know, like she was never like the star of any of these. Movies yeah, she wasn't she embraced. Was um, but like we were always like, oh, Megan Good is in this. All right, we'll go see, you know, whatever this movie is. And like Stacey Dash was kind of the same way where, like you were saying, she's in all these white spaces, but we're like, oh, you know, well, Stacey Dash is in this. Like, we'll go see X, Y, and Z, whatever this movie is. Um, but it seems like, yeah, at a certain point, I don't know. I mean, you might be right, Shay, that she, you know, she didn't, she, she didn't drink the Kool-Aid because that's not for her. She's not like, touching that Kool-Aid. Give me the crystal light. Give yeah, me she's, the, like, uh, she's, like, she's like, I don't drink colors. I need a flavor. That purple <laughs> stuff? Get out of here. I'll take a sunny D. Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Kadeem Harris is like, I'll take that purple stuff. Excuse me. Excuse me. He's like, please. Please yeah, give me the no sugar stuff. in this. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's like, I, it's just like, her and Dame Dash never reconciled themselves in my mind because I'm like, how are you from the same family? But then also, like... Wait, I'm on this podcast finding out that they're related yes. human beings? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Almost never assume that two celebrities with the same last name that spelt the same way is are not related. Yeah, Damon Dash of Rockefeller Records. <laughs> Damon Dash, who made a movie where Beanie Siegel shot a man in the head. Yeah, he's he's like her first cousin. Yep. And out pops Stacy Dash, who just left us all in the say, dust. <laughs> just yeah, left us all in the dust, and apparently, like, just doesn't check social media because she's like, "Damn, did y'all know DMX died?" And I know, like, right? Yeah. And, oh, yes. Like and then she was so like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and meanwhile, her cousin, like, putting him on record, like, I don't... That's why I'm like, you're... That's insane. You know, I mean, if you're... I mean, I, I, maybe they're just not on speaking terms anymore. I wouldn't be surprised, but, like... Probably not. They are know, literally the is... opposite ends of the spectrum of blackness. They are... <laughs> it is... Damon Dad is, like, very much so the blackest nigga on the planet. Like... <laughs> Michael Blackson is the only person giving him a run for his money and Wesley right. Snipes. Like, that's it. That's it. Oh. Damon Dash is scary as a motherfucker. And then we got Stacey Dash, who, like, if on a given day we could, we would, like, the black delegation would get her way. Easily. Yeah, no. Easily. Yeah. She's, brunching, she's brunching with Candace Owens. Well, uh, right, she's, always, she's always been this, this far away from being a chocolate bit white girl. Like, so it's yeah. fun. <laughs> that's it. This is insane to me. This is <laughs> this is like when they found like dinosaurs that could fly. They were like, "Oh, other dinosaurs that did other things." Yes. Wow. Well, on the opposite end of the spectrum, we have Marky Mark, Mark Wahlberg, <laughs> and his first film role. And you know, it's, it's funny. I saw the movie Fear before I saw this movie. Okay. So, so, yeah. so I saw his third movie before I saw his first. Wow. Well, for people who who aren't familiar with the phase, this phase of his life, and be clear, <laughs> very much was a phase, right? Because like when you listen to the interviews that he does at this time, he is vanilla ice light. Like he is talking with this weird because it's not. Yeah, it's not like 
you know what I mean? There's yeah. there's white people who have grown up in predominantly black neighborhoods. And he grew sure. up in Boston, yeah. not in the black part, I don't think. Yes. So, I, well, okay. He, I, I have to kind of explain <laughs> something about the way Boston is broken down. Yeah, um, I was like, what are, tell me about the black parts of Boston. Help, so, help like, us. So Boston, I know we, we think of Boston as a very white city and it, it largely is, I'm not going to say it's not, but just like most places in the U.S., um, it's very segregated. Like everybody has their little niche in where they live. Right. And just like New York, it has its five boroughs. Boston is broken up into about five base neighborhoods. There's um, Mattapan, Dorchester, Rock, Dorchester, Roxbury, and um, technically Alston, but it's kind of off. And of course you have your uh, down. Yeah. And of course you have your downtown area, right? So Dorchester is the largest chunk of Boston. I grew up when I was a kid, I grew up in Roxbury, but I actually currently live in Dorchester. Um, and Dorchester is broken up like this. Um, the farthest part closer to the next town over is um, mostly white, um, but it's a slightly mixed because it's a slightly nicer part of town. Um, there's a part of Dorchester that's historical. So that's again where people who have like money who live in Dorchester live. We got a Quaker community over there, funny enough. Um, <laughs> then you have Asian Dorchester, where you know a lot of the Koreans, Vietnamese, and um Chinese live. Well, not Chinese, Japanese, um, because Chinatown is on the other side. Mm. Then and like now black and Latinos are just kind of smattered into pockets all over the place. And That's then crazy. you get to the end of Dorchester that borders a part of Boston we call Southie. Southie is very Irish. It's very white. Um, when you think, when people think of like the race riots that happened here, they started because of the happenings in Southie. Um, it's where the poor white people live. Which means they're very angry and indignant for absolutely no reason. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's where Mark Wahlberg grew up. He grew up in that part of Dorchester bordering Southie. So he wasn't in Southie with all the other Irish, but the community's big enough they started to bleed over the edges kind of thing. Yeah. So mm, yeah. Mm. Oh wait, so you, you got me. Okay, there you go. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, take all that into context along with the context of what, three separate racially profiled attacks by Michael Orberg before uh-huh. this movie comes out where he uh what like threw rocks at a group of black kids yeah. and was like mm-hmm. calling them niggers mm-hmm. assaulted an, rocks. an old Asian man two, yeah. assaulted two of them beat one of them with like a, a stick or something like yeah. and yeah. then like threw more rocks at more black people at a beach you know that became like a Which whole like is not an unheard of thing like um especially those white gangs in those parts of town like yeah no they indiscriminately will would especially in the late 80s and the early 90s they would definitely just randomly indiscriminately attack minorities for absolutely no reason because there was still that leftover um anger from when mm-hmm. busing happened and they were all mad at the black people for coming to their schools yep. like they had any choice um like jordan said <laughs> on this podcast before somebody's been on ruby, ruby bridges somebody's grandmother's been on ruby bridges somebody's grandmother's been on ruby bridges and somebody's somebody's you know descendants 
or ancestors uh, yeah. stabbed a man with the American flag in Boston. Yeah, that happened <laughs> right there so, in the yeah. Capitol. Yeah, that, right yeah. The Capitol steps. Yep. So like, yeah, so like, mind you, these are poor Irish um, people, poor Irish. Um, and so like, they're like, you know, for like second and third generation from immigrants and they were so viscerally angry about all of that. Um, and they kind of passed that that aggression on to their kids for at least another generation or two. Mm -hmm. It's like now, like, like, like my mom was part of the um, and she still can't go in the South. So yeah. like, so I, again, I have no idea why they're so goddamn mad. But <laughs> <laughs> so like, so like their kids and like, so the kids who were part, who were kids when that, when the riots happened, they grow up and they have kids and then they teach their kids to act like that. So it, it's like a whole thing. <laughs> yeah. And this, this is, this is Mark Rahlberg, right? Mm -hmm. Who like, we all now know from, you know, all of his, uh, this Transformers, Mark Wahlberg, right? Like he's got all of these big high profile roles. 2014 is like, hey, can you get my record expunged? He should have kept quiet on that one. And they were like, nah, B, because you, you did some fuck shit. And right. 2016, he's like, forget about it. 2020, he's like, rest in peace, George Floyd. And everybody's like, from <laughs> you, fam? <laughs> yeah, like all these things she did before. We, we, like, we know you. <laughs> I, I think there was something specific he wanted to do, and he was concerned that his like juvenile record would like hold him back. But here's the thing, dude: you did some really messed up stuff, and I I, yeah. I, I applaud you for you know growing and and not being that same kind of shit heel now. But like, you should just took your L as far as that was concerned and left that in the past. Yeah. It, but it's also, a, like as, you could just not say anything for, for a long, right. long time about race like, yeah. anything because i will tell you something there are still like adults like white adults in boston even now who still try to make that mess sound okay like yeah they, they'll still be like well it was a different time and we were so angry like would you attack children yeah. <laughs> like you assaulted children like that's what y'all did y'all can't well, make and the, and the <laughs> Well, the thing about it too is Mark Wahlberg nearly beat a man to death. Yeah, the old served, Asian dude <laughs> served forty-five days. Yeah, out of a two-year sentence. So forty-five you know, days, forty-five <laughs> days. You know what I mean? And he's trying to get that off the record, where it's just like, bruh, people in jail for what two right. ounces of weed for like you six know years, I mean? like, you <laughs> and, you for this. and you're still trying to talk about forty-five days. I bet his right. brother was so annoyed. He's like, look, I, I went out of my way to help you so you could get away <laughs> from all that. And why are you bringing that up? Why are you why bringing that whole shit up? <laughs> I'm like, we trying to open a new wall burgers over here and you gonna bring up this old stuff. <laughs> you fucking my shit up. <laughs> well, you fucking my shit up. <laughs> speaking of bringing old shit up, I want you to take one guess at who wrote probably of We've seen we've seen iterations of this before, specifically in Dangerous Minds. Oh, who yeah. who who do you think wrote that terrible rap? Oh, I was gonna ask, were we gonna talk about the rap scene? <laughs> yeah, you mean Written the scene where one... Rago literally just comes in the room and they rap at him, and they rap at him, and it's written by one Marky Mark. You goddamn right, by Marky Mark, because 
he knew really it was. He was a rapper. He, he, he was like, I'm a rapper. And I'm like, all right. He's like, y'all gonna get but these he doesn't. he doesn't rap. And he's, he's the, the only one <laughs> who is actually sitting down the entire scene watching people rap his lyrics. Is that... they? That's crazy. They joke, they joke that they don't. They didn't let him rap because he didn't have rhythm or whatever. Because that's the whole where they're drumming on the, the t- table and they're like, you know, like this, like this. And he's like, oh, I think I get it. But um, y'all let Melvin Melvin get like eight bars in that he yeah, read he off had, a piece of paper. He right. had to, he had to, yeah, like come in and drop whatever, whatever that was. But like, but no, Stacy Dash, Georgia, sit down. Stacy Dash with the harmonies, with the with the wild <laughs> like lame hook. Oh my god, um, we got see, we got a girl lame got a hook. Singing a hook. <laughs> but it wasn't even good. It was just like she's just like. Not. It was. It wasn't loud enough to like be. No. I, like, I'm like, sound all the way up, listening to a headphone. <laughs> and, like, I'm like, oh, is she singing back there? Also, she's not a yeah. good singer. Huh. Yeah. She's twirling <laughs> around singer. in the background. Oh, and, also, like, why is she being? Why is she being like so sexually suggestive to the yeah. teacher? Like, why is that happening? Why is she got I her? Why her shirt all up like this? And she, <laughs> she got like, mm, actually, it's crazy because, like, like you said, you saw this movie. You saw this movie on basic cable, and like, like I did as well. I saw it like twenty times on basic cable, same way. And each time, when I was 10, 12, 14 years old, I can be aware that Stacy Dash is like hot in a way I can't comprehend, right? But also, I can understand that this is the most inappropriate place to be <laughs> trying to be hot. Like, she is yeah, taking yeah. her shirt off and, like, rubbing it on Rago, and I'm like... And you're always, like, in the last, like, 45 minutes of the movie, she's always taking her shirt off. Yeah. Like, she's always like, oh, I just happen to be really hot right now. <laughs> in the middle of the theater i'm so sweaty right now in the car i'm so sweaty in this van like this scene is absurd this, it's this probably the most offensive thing in the whole movie just like when oh, they come out because not Hobbs it, selling crack <laughs> well, well, no, yeah, you, second, you weren't feeling to be or not to be <laughs> yeah. the double d like, mcs like what <laughs> Double D. They come in and they do this. I mean, like this sequence and the sequence where they do the role are the two, like, who edited this movie? Because, like, both of these scenes go on for at least what feels like 10 minutes. And it's like, this needs to be two max. You know, like somebody, like, they just do a little rap. Because, like, it's unclear, right? In the, in the, context of whatever this class is supposed to be like i don't think they're performing hamlet you know what i mean like they're reading it but i don't think they're they're actually going to do not even like a performance on the base but even in the class i don't think there's any so like this is just a thing they decided to do they didn't know they had a test like this wasn't some like final like exam type hey we're gonna do it our way teach you know and like yeah it's not even that it's it's, it's just like hey we're gonna impress Rago by like rapping Hamlet at him yeah show our comprehension and then yeah and that's it I mean technically <laughs> that could have been over been, for real for real right like that could have been the test that's the comprehension you you it, took Hamlet turned it into a rap I mean it made sense it just was not a rap 
Also, it actually could have been a cool plot point. Why is that a thing in so many movies in the 90s? Like, why do we have, <laughs> like, like, is that is that how we show we have urban gangsta flavor? We um right. randomly put in a rap. Like, ooh, look, I, these, are, these are inner city kids, so they don't rap because it's cool. Well, like, Jordan, I, I, uh, <laughs> oh, I was going to say Jordan. I think we should probably do, like, some kind of stats on this because out of the movies we have done on this podcast, a hefty percent of, percentage of them have this very rap in them. Either this writers or a version of, like, the rap that uh, wraps up the movie. Right. Yeah, Freedom Writers has, like... You know, her trying to reach them through Tupac yep. and like, you know, all this stuff. And then Dangerous Minds, even though the the actual real life teacher also used Tupac, for some reason, they're like, these kids need to no. learn about Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan. <laughs> and so like, they're all getting, but then they're like, because there's random raps in that movie as well. Um, yep. And it, it just feels like it's an obligatory, that's the thing, like between all these other movies of the 90s that were basically the same movie just in a different situation this was like yo we can't get through this movie without them doing I mean, a rap you know what i mean like they must Khalil rap. Was in, he was in juice you know what i mean he <laughs> got to do <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. we got to get this you know we got we got an actual rapper rapper we got right. uh, <laughs> you know like it all makes sense but then it's just like such a and Kadeem Hardison's black. I mean, he, he's very black. I mean, this is true. There's nothing not Stacey black. Stacey Dash is also black. Here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like yeah. the producers of this movie were easily like, these these kids are they're black. Can we also talk about just when they're driving up and then they're singing that song? And then all of a sudden, oh, yeah. all the black people are just like yelling James Brown. At James them. Brown, yeah. Snoop Doggy Brown. All, yeah, like all kinds of, and like, again, that's that's the level of humor of this movie, right? There's a scene where, because they're getting up and doing revelry, you know, first thing in the morning, Danny DeVito is like going on this rant and his big closing line is, go Navy. And then he goes yeah. into his, and it's like, this is the humor you get at like, you can relate to this camera. This is probably like you know opening MC at like Ads Week level. Woof. Like, <laughs> hey, yeah. welcome to a corporate retreat. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know. like, we're gonna have a fun time this week. Yeah, yeah. I know you've all uh, gorged on the food at the cafeteria. Now, hopefully, your stomachs will sit tight for this forty-five minute presentation uh -huh. on stocks. Save us all. Blam. And it's just like, oh, okay. And this 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 movie is two hours? Yeah. And right. Two hours and six minutes. It actually goes over. No, well, technically it's eight minutes, but I'm sure at least half of that is the credits. So it's, sure. it's oh man. This movie, yeah, it was pretty rough. So let's think about reimagining this movie. Shay, I don't know if you have anything that's like... I mean, if we were to reimagine this movie, I feel like, first of all, the education thing should be a focal point. Like, that should be a focal point. Like, if you're saying it's supposed to be a critique of education, these kids kind of 
in, in some ways just forced down into the bottom 10% and giving them no other mobility in life other than to join the military, then make that, make that part of it, make it important. If the drill something. <laughs> right, if the drill sergeant and the teacher are supposed to be at odds, make them at odds and then actually make some sort of payoff where they come together. Like that whole the the mar the Hamlet march thing that yeah. um that they did, like that should have been part of them like somehow part of their coming together and their relationship becoming cooperative and helping these kids be the best they can be as it were. Um, yeah. Like those are definitely things that should have happened, but didn't. Um, the love interest should have been brought in and if you're gonna have her should have been brought in at the um, second act. If the daughter was supposed to be important, <laughs> then we needed to see her more than twice. She's <laughs> three scenes in the entire movie. I, I she was in Legally Blonde more than she was in this. <laughs> wow, yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, so I, th th that's mostly like, and also, can we get rid of the whole he sold crack thing? That that could go. Mm -hmm. That didn't. We didn't need that. I actually liked your idea with him maybe being a little too young because he was just looking for an escape. And I, I would have appreciated that. And it would have gone with that he's so smart that he forged his records. You know, like that would have yeah. also worked. Not that, oh, wow, the real smart kid sells crack. I wonder if he'll be the next Jay-Z. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't talked to Stacy. Well, <laughs> Maybe her cousin can help him out. <laughs> and he just disappeared from the movie. Yep. You know what I mean? Like once he was locked up, for selling crack, it was just like, yeah, he gone. Well, then he read Othello in prison, the, like the <laughs> only the only Shakespeare play with a black protagonist. And also, okay, not that I have anything against <laughs> Shakespeare. I don't hate Shakespeare. I preface what I'm going to say next, but I don't hate Shakespeare. I actually like a lot of his plays. Um, I kind of get tired of that's always the the go to playwright or author that people use to like illustrate mm -hmm. one that they're smart, and two mm -hmm. that um that you know they're really into literature because i'm sorry there are other writers in the world <laughs> yep that's all like especially if we could bring in maybe maybe, maybe some you know non-white writers there there are a lot of those like can't get you an august wilson you can't get you a wd device like none none that's not good no no nothing no james baldwin anybody no and my answer nikki giovanni somebody no okay <laughs> Oh, Alexander Dumas, if you want to go for an old classic, like, but whatever. <laughs> um, Cameron, what do you think? I think I'm with Shay on this uh, revisionist screenwriter uh, situation going on here. This was a, the problem with this movie isn't like the white saviorism, which we'll we'll get to discussing in a bit, but it's just that it's like a bad movie. And it's not a bad movie as, like, it, in the sense that, oh, this is poorly made or has bad intentions. It's just not full. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's not hard to watch. It's just missing stuff. Right. It's actually incredibly easy to watch, which is, like, the Petty Marshall, like, that's, that's oh, the yeah. note, is that it's incredibly easy to watch. It goes down like candy. It's fun. It, it's inoffensive in all the best ways, you know, and it's actually like pretty embracing of like uh, not sticking to tropes, which is like 
low key, that's kind of like a flex for her, you know, that she's able to like have these like generational characters in her movies, like a league of their own or big, or even the preacher's wife that comes after and things like that, where these characters don't feel like tropes and they don't feel like stereotypes. And that sort of happens here, except for the major stereotype, which is the one Mm -hmm. black kid is locked up up for selling crack and it's just also the way it's presented in the movie which is just wild to me like he literally gets arrested we're not even worried about the whole court marketing thing about it it's literally just take him away in cuffs so we can see him being taken away in cuffs and and it's whispered to him that he sold crack and that's the end of the conversation it's the worst way it's the worst way to treat a character that otherwise would probably be treated with you know at least a smidgen of respect Right. Like, but, yeah, of course, the well, smart kid, right? Of course, the smart kid, too. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Right. Of course, the smart kid. And also, it's just like <laughs> the way they walk him, perp walk him yeah. out of the. Uh, <laughs> Why do we get that? The, <laughs> the building. And, like, Gregory Hines gives him, like, kind of like a. Damn, you fucked up. Dog. Disappointed like, dad face. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was rooting for you, was, and then you, you know, and you let me. Da- you had to sell that crack cocaine. <laughs> but he does like the yeah, he does like the silent like I'm disappointed in you, which is it, yeah. it's also like you know the optics of that read like you know older official disappointed in uh, the you know the private, but also yeah. if older black generation disappointed in younger black generation just on optics alone. Yeah. Like a lot of these movies don't realize when they have characters like this, when they have, yeah. uh, you know, characters who are not, not necessarily the lead, but an authority figure that have to admonish another black person. They don't understand yeah. that the optics are that it is a black person being disappointed in another black person. And that's like mm-hmm. not necessarily like if you're trying to have pride in these characters, at least some sense of honor in them, these characters to give the black authority figure the one moment of an admonishment is kind of like it's a big whiff you obviously like miss the fucking point yeah yeah so that's that's where i'm big disappointed in the movie honestly fair enough like it, it would be nice if the one other you know not like 18 year old um black person that's in the movie would be more understanding of like maybe some of the traps that they know that kids in their community like go through like it's weird that he would be the one like I, not that I haven't ever seen that happen it's more that it's always like dude read the room <laughs> read the room like it, it, it's 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 also the optics of this movie which is I don't really have a problem with the movies funny enough you know it, it's very milk toast it's very it's like mid it's just harmless yeah uh except for the things that we pointed out um The, the I think my problem is that if you're using this, the, if you're using a movie to tell like a story like this, you've got to be aware of simple things like the optics. You've got to be aware that you've got like three black men in this class, three white men in this class, which is like, which was helpful to me, honestly, you know, because it kind of like even the playing field, you've got a woman here as well. So you're obviously trying to do the thing where you're trying to tell like a diverse story in the 90s which is wasn't like the diversity initiative is more like oh we're just you know there's a lot of black people in this movie and we're 
not going to like dwell on it too much. We're kind of just going to let it be. Yeah, no, Stacey so, Dash is the only token here. Because we made her the blackest one. We made her the one who actually well, like points well, out racism. And the only and, woman. Because like, she, she also had to be the token woman also. Like, so it's she had a lot of work to do. So I'm not really interested in like re re-envisioning the movie because it's actually kind of fine. I just wish there was more in it. It's like Diet Renaissance Man is the version we got. Yeah. And I wish we had a little bit more in there. I would say, I mean, you know, when I think about these movies, you know, we got we got it with Lean On Me, right? Lean On Me, Joe Clark, he is the black version of the white savior in all these school movies <laughs> where, you know, like he comes in, about to about to throw my man off the roof. <laughs> about to. Uh, <laughs> about to. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, but it's like, you know, th- these movies don't necessarily get better mm-hmm. if you substitute a person of color mm-hmm. in there because then it's just kind of like respectability politics. Yeah, in movie. right. Um, it never speaks to the real <laughs> problem with these underfunded schools and why are they so underfunded and why are these right. kids not given a, or like a real chance like yeah. race um, being the issue not class yeah, like, like I and then you city, can't talk about it right i live in a city where instead of dealing with their underfunded schools right they've made a program to bust like poor minority kids to white neighborhoods to go to better schools and then they increase the police budget. Hey. Yeah. Well, they, well, they need all that money to pay off all the families of the people they beat and kill every year. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So <laughs> your tax dollars. I mean, work. tax tax dollars just be moving, just moving, changing hands. The only thing I could say, uh, like I I would reimagine the movie like from a larger perspective in terms of like, if you take Danny DeVito out, you make Gregory Hines the lead and then try to like tie together the idea of Shakespeare and like these kids comprehension (laughs) level. I would, I I would have made it. So the objective is we're trying to like teach them to be, you know, better at taking direction, better at, um, you know, working together as a team or like a unit mm. and like getting that down. So like the idea of putting on a play, you know, as a like alternative method of teaching them, like working together, playing their specific role, quote unquote, within the unit, like all of the stuff that you could like transfer over, mm-hmm. you know, so Gregory Hines is like, you know, always wanted to be an actor, but like fell into the army. And now he's like doing the drill sergeant thing. But like, this is his opportunity to like, get back to his first love, which is, I, you know, I mean, you know, they don't have to do like fences, like they can still do Shakespeare, I guess. But like, um, you know, it's something like that. And then there's more of a tie in between like, why they're doing giving them a goal that's not the army giving them a goal and also giving the teacher like something that's like connected to his personal story connected to the actual yeah it's like it's basic writing jordan you in like 10 like less (laughs) than like three minutes were able to fully solve honestly the major problems with this movie which is wild right that's that's not good Just, I mean, it, it makes sense. Is it a good movie? Is it a better movie? I don't know. You know, like, Your there's probably off, still the casual. It's already, like, more interesting, <laughs> though. Yeah. This movie has a girl, has a, 
the the teacher's daughter wants to be an astronomer. Why? I don't give a shit. She wants to be an astronomer. And Danny DeVito is like, you fucking idiot. What do you mean you want to like <laughs> study space? What do you want to study space? He's studying right now. You, know, you should be an astrologist because at least she'll make money doing fortunes wow, and like telling horoscopes. Like, and it was, was like, it was wild. What are you talking like, about? I'm like, you do realize <laughs> that astronomy is this, like in a baseball game. Like that is an actual STEM career. <laughs> like, yes. Yeah. Like she would like, be, be at the very least. Ten years, right, yeah, right. Like, you know, <laughs> she would definitely be supporting. You would be supporting her. She would be supporting your ass. As a vet, your ass don't even have a job right, right now. Like you're telling her she'd have to be very good to follow her dreams. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, you know what I mean? Like, what a weird. You know, and it's like, I don't. You know, I don't know. Petty Marshall is that a thing that you are like? Please keep that in my movie. I don't know. Maybe it was an ad. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he buys her all this stuff like out of guilt, but well, like, he was being a jerk. <laughs> he was, yeah, yeah, he was like telling her not to follow her dreams for like six months now, or whatever now, for six weeks. Yeah, not, not surprisingly, this movie did not do well at the box office. <laughs> to be fair, uh, talk but about to it. be fair, it did come out the same summer as Speed, True Lies, The Flintstones, and The Lion King. So, like, damn. Sure did. My ass saw two of those in the movies. The budget was forty million. The box office was twenty four million. Golly. But then, because it did so poorly, they tried to give it another name, and then re release it. Uh, they they re released it in September of the same year, uh, in seventeen screens in Seattle specifically under the title "By the Book," and it did. Just as poorly. What? You know what I mean? So I have like, never heard of that, by the way. I've never heard of that practice what? where you just like, the movie didn't do well. We took it to the Pacific Northwest, to one I city, mean, 17 screens, and tried it again under they, another title. And they were still like, Yeah, it's not, it's not completely unheard of. Like, that does happen. But some I know Edge of Tomorrow just, got that like treatment. Yeah, like, they, the live, die, repeat thing. But other than that, I've never heard of like, we it's funny. did it again with another title. I realized if that movie came out now, they would actually advertise the fact that it's a manga adaption right on the front end. Uh, oh, they mm. yeah, they did uh, not. But yeah, like, it is definitely a thing that's done. Sometimes a re-release helps the movie, sometimes it doesn't. Some movies they'll never bother with because they do so bad. Like um, the Gem movie that did so poorly, it was pulled after two weeks. So mm. they weren't going to try to release that because they didn't think yeah. there was anything to salvage. Um, mm. Clearly, they thought there was something to salvage here, so they tried again under a different. Let's let's put it to the test by playing our favorite game and seeing what everybody else thought about Renaissance Man, starting let's with go. the good people over at IMDb. So Shay, starting with IMDb, what do you think out of ten stars Renaissance Man currently has? Is it one? Oof, oof, rough. Uh, camera. What you know you what? This people. This is likable. It and is. I don't think. I don't think pe- it's. It's just super thin, and like people don't care about thin. I think they. I think that this is likable, and a lot. A black people. A black man sold crack. So like you know, all is right to the Midwest. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm so <laughs> I'm gonna have to say like six bare minimum. 
6.2. Better than I thought it did. Um, way better. Yeah. I mean, way better than I thought it should be. But well, I know it, how people feel on IMDb. If it makes you feel better, Roger and Ebert, when it came out, gave it one and a half stars. Hell yeah. Oh boy, Roger. Um, he was wrong about also, so much stuff. But he was also right, he was about, right about a lot of stuff. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. I have like a whole lot to unpack about um, Roger Ebert when it we comes to that. Uh, but like I that's a whole other podcast exactly but but the short of it is I personally think he was always really against movies that were um female um directed or led like if it was for women he tended to rate them way worse even though he knew what it was what the movie was he would then still purposely rate it lower and that was the whole thing with him (laughs) yeah well a little piece of trivia about specifically the sergeant cast role is that Penny Marshall originally wanted to cast Ving Rains. Okay. Uh, and he was like, oh, well, you know, my friend Quentin Tarantino is offering me a role in this movie called <laughs> I think I'm going to go do yeah. that. Good move yeah, do that. do that. Do that. <laughs> I mean... Can you imagine if they flipped it and, and uh, Gregory no, Hodge? Marcellus I Wallace? <laughs> no. I don't, I don't think that would work. Um, honestly, it's... It's motherfuckers. <laughs> Yeah, part of the reason why that scene kind of works at all is because Ben Rames is such a big dude that you know everybody's about to get messed up as soon as Bruce Willis leaves. Yeah. I just I just now I'm imagining very high just saying all that wild shit from Fall Fiction. <laughs> I want a motherfucker in Indochina and a rice bowl ready to pop that motherfucker, all right? <laughs> Shay, going over to Rotten Tomatoes, out of 100%, what do you think Renaissance Man currently has? I don't know. 15. Okay, Cameron? Uh, you know what? The critics are probably real, real on this movie. I'm going to say 25. 12%. Uh, hey. That, that looking good for <laughs> not Renaissance not at Man. All. Like, I, I feel I, like anybody with a really critical eye was not gonna be that kind to this movie they were gonna because again the the plot is gossamer you could just like rip it apart with your fingertips if you really chose to like this is a turn your brain off just enjoy kind of movie um danny knew what was up like they they did they and critics don't know how to do that like so yeah yeah, I mean, reading through Roger Ebert's review of it, he is he gave it one and a half stars. It was very critical of it. But I feel like a lot of people had similar, you know, because I think, like we said, by the time this movie came out, we had seen this in four or five different variations. So, like, this was just the latest and, like, very tired. I mean, you could tell, like, Danny DeVito is trying, but he's also just, like, I was hired to be yeah. in this movie. You know what it I mean? Like, like, yeah. Is, it was a favor for a friend. friend this is the yeah. best I can do, you know. Uh, but ending with our absolute favorite, Amazon.com, what do you think currently Renaissance Man has out of five stars, Shay? I'd say three. Okay, Cameron? You don't know Amazon, baby. Amazon, baby. Five stars, five stars. Hey, four point eight out of five. Might as well. The just movie, the movie played. <laughs> it was a movie, and I watched it. Five stars. Uh, but, like, according to, to I have, 
According to Mike Tarani, it's one of DeVito's best. Really? Okay, Mike Tarani, come I on the podcast cap. and I will flame you. Uh, <laughs> We're going to have Mike Tarani on next week. Like, no. Get no, out of here. No. no. Of all his movies, about? this is this. Danny this is DeVito's best. Loki, real quick. What, yeah. what, what is Danny DeVito's best? Or at least like top two? What, what, if we're doing this? Because I mean, he's got he has so many life. movies. He it's so hard many. to. Yeah. Are, we, are we only picking the. Well, Throw Mama from the Train, obviously, is one of them. Um, I, yeah. I think I'm giving it to Batman Returns. Yeah. I always like the movie The War of the Roses. Batman Returns is good. Like, I, like, that's he directed good. that as well. Yes. Yeah. And he's favorite. also a badass director because that Matilda movie, mm-hmm. a banger. Yeah, no, I love Matilda. Yeah, I would say Matilda is good. I would I would give it to, I mean, he's good in Get Shorty. He's really good um, in Get Shorty, yeah. Yeah. I would say between that and, and you know, I like I like Twits. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's up. That's what's up. Stan, Stan. Oh. So, yeah, I mean, we could say what we want about these movies sometimes, but like, as you guys have pointed out, played hundreds, hundreds, hundreds of times, you know, on basic cable. Like, this is a movie that, for all of its financial failures, like, still had a large reach, you know, and was still out there and people were trying to push it. Danny DeVito had star power, Penny Marshall had star power. So, like, you know, you might say hey this is kind of like dumb and innocuous you know in a lot of ways but like five stars on amazon five you know, stars like baby one of devito's best apparently <laughs> sure um well it's it come time for us to rank this movie on our caucasity ranking scale and we've got three levels of caucasity for you shay the first level of caucasity is shorts in the winter and that's <laughs> In Boston, I know, you know no, I've seen it. Yeah, they, also wear, they also wear sandals. <laughs> yep. And Ugh. so this is the level where this isn't hurting me, but it is a curiosity. I'm concerned about the decisions that you're making. I'm wondering why you've decided that, you know, Tommy Bahama is all year round wear and not just, you know, for <laughs> the beach or, you know, its intended purpose. But no harm has come to me specifically i'm just giving you a little bit of like uh are you okay uh cameron what's the second level? uh the second level of caucasity is this movie is touching my hair so now it has reached beyond its own levels and and, and invaded my space invaded our space and, and you know why it has because it was curious of what was going on over here and probably wanted to ask you and may have asked you but before they got the real consent, the hand is fully in the hair. And that's when we know it's a violence. That's when we know it's a it's a problem. It's not necessarily like doing ill ill, but it's still a problem. You could get smacked. Yeah. They could get smacked. People um, can get smacked for, for less. Apparently, except for when you're at work. Yeah, not at work, not at work. <laughs> not at work. Don't lose your job. Don't lose your job over this. Job. Yeah, no, unfortunately, I cannot do that at work. But... Yeah, no. <laughs> okay, well, is it, uh, what's the next level? The third level uh, is is due every week, but it's it's still Black History <laughs> Month, which is the siren call for white people. It's like they just can't 
conceive of it. Uh, and we could go a couple different ways. Is it white people's reaction to Cheryl Lee Ralph singing? Oh, the uh, every voice and saying every voice and saying at the Super Bowl, and just they can't comprehend that. I mean, for one, them say black people have their own national yes. anthem now. We always like, well, did. Amanda Seals has a great joke about this that we're having meetings. Like the, the white people, whenever they hear that every voice is saying, they're like, they're having meetings. And it's like, well, this song goes back decades at this yeah. point. And it's like, you know, we, you, I mean, I, I don't think you like it when we sing the national anthem. You're always just like, what are you doing here? This doesn't suit you. <laughs> Uh, and then you, but you also had, you know, your boy singing the national anthem and like, you got your, your, your side of it too. So like, you know, it, yeah, you got that, you got that Francis Scott key. Y'all good. Y'all be all right. Right. Honestly, yeah. that's like the worst um, national anthem, but regardless. Oh, but that's what I was going to say. It's also just like, you know, when you hear them back to back, you're just like, all right. But one of them is actually like a, like one of them tells like you to sing a song. Like... The other doesn't. <laughs> it's really a song, honestly. It's just a list of descriptions of a nation. Honestly, um, my country, Tizzy, should have been the national anthem. But that's not right? a whole... It's, that's a, it's yeah. easier to sing. Like every One's other... actually got like a melody. The other is just like yeah. a series of yeah. notes that begin and then end. But okay, for, for this yeah. movie, I would say this is shorts in the winter. This is inoffensive caucasity. Like... This is just oh look that's just my kooky white friend over there, don't don't mind them they they have no internal temperature yeah. it's fine um <laughs> like no like no I promise you they don't put raisins in all of their um food I, I promise um yeah this yeah this is this is this is shorts in the shorts in the winter reminds me of my my yeah. um my my camp counselor from sports camp. Who did wear shorts and those like athletic sandals all winter long? And I asked her, mm. how did she do that? Yep. And she was like, I just don't walk in the snow. And I'm like, okay. I don't see how that's a choice in this city that gets very snowy, but okay, sure. <laughs> well, so the key word in that sentence is snow, yep. which you're telling me is on yes. the ground. And so that should be... <laughs> You know, put put at least. I mean, you ain't got socks. You got socks on bare minimum. She wore socks. This is, she wore socks. She wore okay, okay, okay. She, she was otherwise. <laughs> she was very chill. She always gave me extra muffins with breakfast, so I, I let that go. Oh, okay. <laughs> Karen, where do you think this movie lands? Uh, it's it shorts in the winter with a little bit of crack on it. Uh, with just <laughs> with a little bit of crack on it, because so, so by not... black man. <laughs> Yeah, I will not forgive you, Renaissance man, for sending Khalil Kane to jail. He was the one dude in Duke who didn't want to fuck with the gun. That's the point. You know what? You know what? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. The movie's actually like kind of inoffensive as fuck, and for that reason, and the fact that it's like kind of empty and dull, it's not offensive. It's not offensive, and yeah. it's kind of like. That's the problem. I wish it had a little bit more teeth. Um, yeah, it ain't hurting nobody. And it, it honestly, it's funny because like out of all these white savior movies, I feel like this is one of the few, minus the crack, that I could yeah. show to somebody else and be like, yeah, I mean, they're not all that bad. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I will say 
Short's point, not even I. You can't even really give it. Point yeah, that's why because like that would imply. That's why I sprinkle point two grams more. of uh, crack on it. <laughs> two bits. Two bits. Two bits of crack. <laughs> Twenty five cents worth of crack. And eighth of a dollar worth of crack. Yeah. How much could I <laughs> just shave a little off the rock? <laughs> no, no. Two eighths of a dollar. Two eighths of a dollar. Shave a little bit off. There you go. Um. Yeah, I think like it's it's the it's the crack, right? It's the oh, rap, the rap right? Yeah. It's it's the Marky Mark song about like being in the streets with the fake patois oh, yeah. and like whatever else you was know, happening there that they play. Well, like they're leading him I off mean, to jail and then play and it then again play it at again. the end as like a we need to hear this. Oh, it's like man. fake house music too. Like that's why I also don't like I about know. it. It's like fake house music. That it you hurts. Know, I couldn't hear the beat. I was listening to it and I was like, there, "Is there Where's a the beat, beat to this yeah. song?" Because well, like, well, it's, Mark, house, it's obviously house music, but it's like well, his, his, house music. His rap thing is just as believable as him singing "Achy Breaky Heart" in the movie. I know. There so you go. We'll just leave it. There at you that. go. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean. Offensive wise, no. I mean, because they don't even really get into race at all. I mean, there's like maybe one or two moments, but like it's very innocuous. But it's also like, you know, this is a country that has set up a school to prison pipeline, Mm -hmm. but then also like a school to army Mm -hmm. pipeline where like y'all defund the schools but then send the army recruiters yeah. to those schools to make sure that they get those yep. kids get, get the poor and just get like oh yeah yeah and like don't even really talk about like how there's like there's a brief moment where like danny devito sees them training in the yeah. rain and i think actually grasps the fact that these kids might be sent off to die in a yeah walk. i saw that moment too and it's like <laughs> It is literally just a, a cut that suggests he thought that. Yeah, I was like, I don't even know if I'm supposed to really be reading right. that or it's just how just you like feel? what's happening. But I'm glad you said yeah, that because it is like, the only moment in the movie where he has like that. Oh. Oh, yeah. They're, because they're preparing to fight for their lives just in case, you know. Yeah, because like the assumption that he seems to be making and these kids somehow seem to be making is like, well, I'm gonna have to get a job after this. And it's right. like, after this, <laughs> like, I don't think you... <laughs> this is the job, you know, like, th- right. there's a lot of this, you know, to get through before you uh, get back into, you know, because like the army is not training you to go back and be a civilian. It's training you to. Do this fight in a right. war. Yeah. <laughs> so their, hope, their hope is that you stay forever. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so yeah, that it was just kind of like the fact that they basically ignored all of that. And like we've talked about, like there are probably some army funding in this movie, okay. you know. So like probably didn't want to call them out in that way, but it was just kind of like a strange if Penny Marshall's whole thing is like education and you know, like the state of education in America, but also like, what does this yeah. even mean 
mm. you know, in mm. the larger context. Mm. It, it doesn't unpack any of that in any substantial way. So it's Not like, why all. even bring it up? It's like, well, I thought, I, yeah, it's like the army is right. great. This could have been like a kooky, like mentor, mentee kind of story, like major pain for for all the much they talked about education. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very, I don't know. It's very weird. So, yeah, I don't, I don't have beef with it. I also probably wouldn't watch it again, but it's not like something that's doing any actual damage. Um, so, yeah, well, let's, let's get into some recommendations, uh, because I'm sure people have two hours to spend and it's not on Renaissance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Shay, with all the things that have been coming out recently, is there anything that, you know, you would tell people, hey. Oh, like a recent movie that came out? It could be recent. It could be, you know, in the past, but something that you think is is worth people's time. Can I do do two of them? Okay. So for a past movie, if you just want a fun, um, what you call it, military-esque movie, then the movie I mentioned earlier, Major Pain, watch that. As far as new movies, I greatly recommend Rain Johnson's Glass Onion. If you have not watched that and Knives Out, get on that. If you want to talk about a movie with a good white ally, those are it. There you go. Come on, Ben. Yeah. Uh, Cameron, what what do you have? (laughs) Now I'm just thinking about like how how open Benoit Block was to just helping that woman. Mm -hmm. I'm, 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 yeah. We love we love an ally in that. We love an ally king. Yeah, because he, he uplifts uh, like a female minority in both movies. In both movies. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. I didn't, you know what? Didn't even like really catch that until now. But um let's see. I mean, Annie carries it on in Star Wars. You know, I'm not gonna do this. I'm not gonna do this. Anyway, anyway. Okay. Uh, here, you know what? We're gonna spin the wheel. We're going to the letterbox. Mm. I haven't done this in a, in a minute, and I haven't done it on a podcast. But um, oh, uh, uh, a recent movie I saw was um, Bong Joon Ho's Memories of Murder. This is a movie okay. he did way before Parasite. It's a detective story told in two different eras uh very interesting movie about obsession about law enforcement uh there's a cop that just drop kicks people on site in this movie multiple times (laughs) and it's the funniest thing in the movie um so yeah i would actually it's on criterion there's a criterion release i think it's on criterion channel right now um it's definitely on like movie it's one of those like low-key Korean classics that like not a lot of people have seen. So I'm sure a lot of people are seeing it now since the, the kind of Korean new wave we're in right now going on. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, check out Memories of Murder. I was I was digging it. Dope. Um, well, I will say, if you have it, you absolutely need to check out Boom Girl and Devil's yes. Dinosaur streaming yes. right now on Disney+. Plus. Best theme song on television. I've only seen the theme song, uh, and that's it, I'm going to watch it actually literally as soon as we're done. That's going to watch one. It is so good. It's, I mean, if you don't know, Marvel, maybe like seven, eight years ago, introduced a character, Lunella Lafayette, who is canonically 
the smartest person in the Marvel universe. So she is like nine, ten years old, smarter than <laughs> Mister Fantastic, smarter Tony than Stark. Tony Stark. I had gotten oh than, man, I had gotten like, previews oh. for those um comics. I read them. My daughter, she loved them because she was that age at the time. It's. The comics are great, and the show looks like it has that same energy, where it's just like, she basically, like, she's a super genius, but also has this mental link with a mm-hmm. big red dinosaur uh, from the past that, like, comes into the future. And so, they just basically get into all kinds of shenanigans. And, like, this, for a for a animated cartoon show for kids that have a Childish Gambino song... <laughs> in like one of their just like action sequences is crazy and so like they've they've definitely made a huge effort not only to have it be you know like just it looks great you know the the voice work is great um but like it's not a situation where it's like it has it has proud family Mm. energy Mm. i guess i would say in the sense of like you know there's it's it's looking at us you know what I yeah. mean? Like, it's not just, it's a show for everybody and everybody can enjoy, but also it's just like, but black people, hey. Hey, hopefully, we, we got y'all. Come, come over here. Hopefully this doesn't get a whole bunch of butthurt white people like apparently Proud Family has now. I know people I mean, are hating look, on they, this new Proud Family and I'm like, it's, it's not woke. That was the same show. It's honestly the same show, guys. It's just, it's, ve- it's just very black centric and like there was there wasn't anything that was inaccurate they were just mad that they literally said on the show slaves built this country oh i saw that i saw yep. the slaves built this country song <laughs> i won't lie i kind of laughed during that whole thing it's hilarious it is. i mean look this is the same like when turning red came out and there was right. that one guy's yeah. review who was like Look, I am not Asian or a girl. <laughs> so what does okay. this movie have to offer not... me? And people are like, what? Right, I'm not I'm not white <laughs> or male, but I've watched plenty of movies with white male leads and could relate to that. How come it can't work the other way around? Like I'm oh, sorry, you're upset because there was a period metaphor? Get all the way out of here. <laughs> or 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 wait, even 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 better. You're a black woman who's just been watching movies <laughs> since you were alive. Yeah, because yeah, a lot of I mean, I mean, like the percentage black female movies, leads. Right. And, Let's and, talk about oh, percentages there. If, I really, the if I really want to go into like representation, a lot of them have black female queer leads. Yeah, I'm swimming in representation over here. I grew up thinking <sighs> every movie just starred Kevin Costner. <laughs> like I just thought he was in every movie. <laughs> Him and Robin Williams, I, they were out here. too. I really was like, it was like Robin, Robin Williams, <laughs> Jim Carrey, and Kevin Costner. And I was just like, so they do move, they do the movies. It's just them, right? Yeah, it's just which one who's, is going to be this time? Who's going to be in this uh, one? <laughs> they just be making up movies for them to be in, like, 10 cups. I, mean, I was just like, why is the, who? Why do I go to the movies to see 10 cups? There's no reason why I would leave my house to I see 10 cups starring Kevin he, Costner. He, that was his vanity project. What? Which which one yeah. is it? Yeah, I was about is to it? say which one. You mean not Dancing actually, with Wolves. The multiple actually, cuts no, of Dancing no. with Wolves that we watched for this podcast. His true vanity project was the Postman. Oh, that's right, and yeah, yeah. and we all know how that. How, what it was a there. terrible, terrible movie, but you know. but, but your boy's he's still also kicking. your boy's still out here. 
He's he's also a very wooden actor, but I feel like nobody talks about that. Shay, tell everybody <laughs> where they can find you online. Uh, anything that you got going on, what people should be on the All lookout right. for. Um, I normally find me on the Geek Down. We air on Tuesdays um, on most social on most um, podcast platforms. Um, we also have website. It's villains at dot wtf slash geek down geek down dash what geek dash down dot com because we couldn't get it all in one word (laughs) (laughs) so yeah geek dash down dot com gotcha gotcha apparently um cameron what do you have going on um you can catch me on the internet's at the blipster 1138 um on ig and twitter until twitter's not around anymore um we just we 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 writing we got some things cooking we got uh a big old project coming up soon i'll talk more about that when i can but uh follow for the silliness and uh check out my sketch comedy group to Karen with love gotta plug them and I'm Jordan Clark. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at JRSOSA18, JRSOSA18. DC Power, the DC Comics anthology uh, with all of our wonderful black superheroes is in stores, but is also getting a second printing. So you can get that my copy. Out on March March 14th. Right. <laughs> you can also be on the lookout for the conclusion to Red Sonia, Hell Sonia, which is coming out on March 22nd. Uh, so that'll be out for me then and then other comics projects to be announced in the future um but yeah that'll do it for us this week if you want to reach out to us you can reach us at white underscore pod on twitter you can reach out to us at white people won't save you pod at gmail.com please do all the things you do for your podcast give us those reviews those stars those likes those ratings all of that good stuff um and we'll be back next week with more caucasity You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved.